Welcome back to Death Watch's Call of Cthulhu campaign, Descent into Darkness, Season 3. This is Episode 12, and I am Travis, your Keeper of Arcane Lore. Last time we left off with most of our investigative team driving to the Merriweather property with a literal sacrificial lamb on Mr. Monroe's lap. But before we get back to that, let's get an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Jack Glover, a police officer currently on suspension for not one, but two potential homicides. And uh, I'm ready to do some playing here. I'm Justin, playing Lance Monroe. I am desperately trying not to name the lamb right now. I was going to ask what you named it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, John, playing James Whitmire, and I have no idea what they're doing with a lamb. (laughs) Well, they are in the country. All right. So I suppose we should probably get Mr. Whitmire caught up in the timeline. So let's paint the scene. You come to out of your violent rage fugue-like state that you know so well. It was the reason you quit drinking. You thought that that might have been responsible for that. But you are learning that it may not just be the drink. It may be something intrinsic to Jimmy Whitmire. But, uh, so you come to in the basement, Drew's basement, and you're kind of picking up details as all your faculties come into play. You're looking around the room, you see flashes of, like, blood splatter. You see a corpse, or what you presume to be a corpse, lying in between the entryway and the bar that is Drew's basement. And you feel fabric in your hands, and as your head turns over to see what you're holding, you realize you're holding the front of Drew's jacket, and his face is a bloody mess, although he is still conscious of what's going on, and his eyes have a wild look as he's sort of shrugging away from what he expects to be another fist blow or whatever has been beating him. Also, you see some of your crew standing around, and they have a mix of... In some of them, you see, like, maybe a a new respect in their eyes when they look at you. In others, you see a fearful glance around, like they're in a situation they don't want to be. But I will pass it over to you, Mr. Whitmire. Drew's life is in your hands. What do you do? Well... As I, I can't remember any any bits or pieces just yet. Well, you're getting uh, a few coming in. I mean, you do remember making the decision to try to figure out where Patrick Malone might be, 
and you thought that Drew would know, but when you left the warehouse where you had beat Lonnie to death for daring to try and take that hit that's on your head, you just got more and more angry at the prospect until, you know, your vision was a tiny little point, but everything was, everything else was red, and your thoughts were just a roar of kill them all, basically, and... Now you've come out of that. So it was pretty much just getting your guys together, rolling up onto Drew's basement. You waited there a little while. You remember being in the car, being antsy, uh, not sure if anybody was there, but then you saw a few of them, you know, roll up and go downstairs. And then you saw Joe come up the stairs and uh, take a smoke break uh, away from the door and then go back. So you figured they were there. And then you guys made your move and... You went in shooting, basically, you know, guns drawn, and uh, lead was flying. But even if you hadn't been in a rage, it's hard to piece that all together after you're through it. So that's where you're at. All right, then I'll start with the simple question of uh, tell me where he's at. Why Why do you think I know where Patrick Malone's at? Was, mm, wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Look, That's what do you want, a uh, brawl? <laughs> you want to give him a beating? Yeah, yeah give him a punch. Sure. Just for the damage, though. You have him pretty much dead to rights. No, it didn't roll the damage. Hold on. Do I not have a fisticus? Ah, oh, there it is. One damage. <laughs> what is your damage? 1d3? Yeah. So you give him another another tap. Doesn't really do much more damage than you've has already been done. And uh, But it makes the it drives the point home. But yeah, he takes a look around the room again. Looks at the dead bodies of his friends, and he says uh, he could be a, a few different places. I know he's been renting out the uh, sorry the luxury suite at the top of the the Parker place. Some nights he could be there. I don't know, Jimmy. What is your play here? Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the tip off, but I think you know how this is going to end. So where else could he be? That's all I know, Jimmy. Did I, what did I, what was I shooting in here? Uh, well, you have, I think you had switched out to your... Had that 1911. 1911, yeah. All right, then uh, I'll say if that's all you know, then I, that's all you're good for. And, uh, plug him. All right. So, yeah, you end his life, execute him, just shoot him between the eyes or wherever you prefer, and his body slumps over when you let it go, and you see... You know, as you're looking around the room, you see basically everybody that hung out with Drew uh, normally and worked with him is dead as well. Uh, you know, shot up either by the Tommy gun that one of your guys carries or, you know, other weapons. But it's a massacre. I think the work here is done, boys. As, uh, let's go go get cleaned up. And uh, as I'm saying that, I'll walk over to the bar and grab a, a couple bottles as uh toss so those over to uh what was his name uh hold on i gotta pull my thing up that was my right hand guy ron robbie robbie there robbie yes the journal yep uh robbie and then uh toss those over there and grab a couple more and uh start pushing some like uh like rip off some tablecloth or something push them into the top so when you go over to grab those bottles from the bar, you know, they have a big mirror behind the bar. <laughs> and uh, 
you are in a state of underlying insanity, so give me a sanity roll. <laughs> this is where the fun keeps rolling. <laughs> so yeah, you catch a glimpse, you know, you see yourself in your reflection, you see the chaos reflected back at you from the room, but also in one of the shadowed corners of the room. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> you see a dreadfully familiar black shape of a man, just a jet black man-shaped hole in reality back there with the halo-like ring of light around its head. There's some, this thing that I've described like the accretion disk around a black hole. But also, you somehow, although you're not sure since the features are all midnight black, get the sense that there's sort of like a Cheshire cat-like smile there. There's some disturbance in the blackness that gives you the sense of a grinning mouth. So roll out a D12 sand loss. Ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Max sand loss. Whoa. Is he permanently insane? He is pretty close, I think. Let me take a look here. Okay. <laughs> Got to look at the link chart. Yeah, so Mr. Whitmire, if he had lost six more in the same day, he would be indefinitely insane. So, let's see here. Okay. So you do enter, or will likely enter, another bout of madness. But if you can give me an intelligence roll, if you fail the intelligence roll, then perhaps you can keep control of your character for the next little while. Nope. Nice. Hard success. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just... You know, you this thing, this representation you think of a father when you talked to father and you made a deal with him for wealth and power, but you thought maybe you made it out, like maybe you were somehow managing to double-cross him, but here you are in the act of trying to consolidate power, control in Boston, and this seems to please that entity, and that just drives you over the brink, that maybe whether or not you are going to hold up his end of the bargain or your end of the bargain, he's holding up his, and he's an onlooker, a benefactor to this type of activity, and you're plunged back into the murky darkness of complete insanity, and so we'll move away from you for a minute. Oh, man, we're going to come back to a Boston that's all full of holes. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you, John. <laughs> it's no longer going to exist. As the... Uh... The funny part here is, isn't this how uh, Mueller went down too? There's too much alone time. Yeah. <laughs> My guess here is that you're making a smart play with Meyer, and you would rather get involved with mob war than face cosmic horror. <laughs> face it, <agenda. laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So hours into the future and miles distant, we are at the farmhouse. I think I would put us around noon or shortly after. Uh, by the time you guys get there with your sacrificial lamb. And that's uh, Dr. Andrews, Dr. Call, Detective Glover, and Mr. Monroe. So why don't we pick up the story over there? Uh, where did you guys want to park? Out where the car is out on Boone Road, or did you want to pull up to the house? Ooh, it's Dr. Dr. Call. Call decision. Well, he's asking. Yeah. Uh, John, you can jump in for Dr. Call if you'd like to. Okay. I'd say pull up to the house and maybe even turn the car back around in case we need to, to get out Quick of Dodge. Quick exit. <laughs> well, that sounds appropriate. 
as they'll probably go up to uh, take the first left at the remains of the port swing and then back out and flip it around to be pointing out by the road and uh, not being one to be left behind. They'll say that, uh, that I'll grab the torches. Okay. So, yeah, after <clears throat> it takes you like an hour to turn the car around. It's a uh, 72-point turn. <laughs> Not with his drive auto. <laughs> That's true. But in a short time, he gets it situated the guys the way you guys want it, and you all get out of the car. And the uh, first thing you notice... So, yeah, the first thing you notice for those that have been here, so that's Detective Glover, is that that front door is slightly ajar where you're pretty sure you didn't leave it open or even open it. All right. Yeah, so I'll definitely point that out. You know, when uh, me and Whitmire were here last time, we didn't actually enter the premises, walked around the outside. I think I'll draw mm -hmm. my... Mm, I'll be preparing to draw my gun just in case. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have mine oh, ready shit. as well. Yeah, if he's... If we're drawing weapons, I'll draw it too, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is that the front entrance? Yeah. I can't quite see because it's all blacked out. Yeah, yeah, I'll head over to it and poke my head in. I'm going to glance down the well as they head That's up to the, idea. Yeah. to the door. Jimmy Whitmire is in the well. <laughs> Staring up with his mad eyes. Because he never sleeps now. I knew where you guys were the whole time. I've been waiting. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been in the well. What are the chances that uh, the well connects to Father's Pyramid? <laughs> Pretty high if you're already insane. <laughs> yeah, it's actually just one of the shafts that goes down to it. Yeah, Just got to swim deep enough. All right, Glover, so you're looking through that door at the end of the front room there. So, I mean, you don't see any person in there immediately. You just see kind of, because you guys look through the window, so it was just dirty. And you catch that foul odor again, you know, urine, feces, unwashed bodies, and something else you're not too sure of. But you're pretty sure it's not decay. Decay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, a den was... Uh... Right. So you can yeah. see dust lies pretty thickly on the furniture and shelves. There's a bunch of dead leaves that have worked their way in here over the years. There's an iron stove you can see on that wall right as you look in with a ventilation pipe connected to the outside. You can see table and chairs, and uh, at least the way the door opens, you just get that one half of the room pretty much. Hmm. So, But you don't hear or see anything in there. Yeah, I'll uh, open the door the rest of the way and, and head on in. Over my shoulder, I'll kind of be like, don't see or hear anything yet. And Mr. Monroe? After checking the the well to see if there were any bodies or anything down there, I'll follow him in. All right, let me put you on there. And how about for you, Dr. Call? Yeah, I'm trying to decide if he's, uh, if he's, well, I think his, uh, what do you call it, uh, curiosity would overcome any fear he'd have of getting uh, his heart pulled out of his chest so he'll uh yeah, he'll turn on one of his electric torches and enter behind okay all right so dr call you busy yourself with getting the goat tethered up somewhere outside and uh for dr andrews and mr monroe please give me an occult roll as you walk in from outside to inside 
That's a yeah. Barely successful 72 versus 73 there. <laughs> you want one from Dr. Call when he gets in there? Yeah, if he has a cult to a sufficient degree. I don't know if he does. Oh, um, yeah. There it is. Yeah, so... He's got a five and he failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was for the more trained uh, individuals, which I think was only mostly Monroe, but Dr. Andrews had been doing a little bit of work in that over the last few months. But so what you catch, Monroe, as you walk up those steps into the salt box house is you're pretty sure you can make out the faded scratching of one of those ward symbols from the De Vermis Mysterious. Hmm. Nice. Um, where do I see it? Like above the door or? Yeah, just scratched into the wood above the door. Okay. I'll ask uh, Dr. Andrews and Detective Glover if they happen to have a pen knife or something like that that I could borrow. But um, yeah, I'll ask if I can borrow it and kind of point out that this was one of the protective symbols that was in the De Vermis. Uh But yeah, I'll, I'll kind of carve it a little bit deeper. Okay. Yeah, and that does kind of allow you to uh, positively identify at least one of the wards that is functional, or at least that Merriweather and his friends thought would work. Did it happen to be one of the ones that we put on the car? Yes. Awesome. But you're not sure entirely how these work. So the one that matches up here on the door was put on the the driver or the passenger side of the car on the front window there. I think mm -hmm. you guys were just painting them on the glass itself. Yeah. So that one at least matches. Okay. But that that's going to kind of spur me to really kind of look for others and kind of prompt uh, Dr. Andrews to keep his eye out for any other symbols that are either carved or faded paint around the room and around the house. So you see Glover kind of looking around at everything. And the rest of what was missing when you opened the door and walked in there was just that sofa, the table, and the chair. And then you can see a narrow stair into a cellar, and, of course, the other part of this house, the back room. Okay, so you there's a lot of dust and a lot of leaves on the floor, but you think you pick out the circumference of something that was drawn on the floor many years ago. Um, and in fact, you're sure of it when you brush some leaves away with your foot uh, as you go into the room there. But yeah, you think... This might have been where they drew the circle. Now, it is that such so much time has passed that you can't make out the details of what that pentagram looked like that they drew here. But they did at least draw something here like that. All right, so everybody can make a listen roll. Oh, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are all high on the listen, too. <laughs> Except for Lance. Yeah, I'm. I'm not paying attention. Okay. Apparently, Dr. Call is going deaf. Yeah, so you notice it just becomes, you just become aware that there isn't much in the way of bird calls going on at the moment. It's There's a hush that disturbs you, but other than that, you don't hear anything. So while Dr. Andrews is clearing some of the leaves from the floor, what are you doing, Jack Glover? You're kind of standing in by that table looking into the back room. What's your move? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to... Uh try to go about clearing the rest of the house, make sure that there's no person in here. So first, I guess I'd go over this way because there's like a loft type section too, right? On a salt box. Uh, there is a, there is a, 
non-livable attic space, yeah. Okay. Which you see so, when can- you walk from one of the rooms to the other. You see there's a... In the middle of the ceiling overhead in the back room is a trap door that you would presume leads to the attic space. Okay. So I'll worry about that later then if it's not immediately visible. I'll just check this room and then uh, if there's nothing, no one here, I'll start heading towards the cellar. Okay. So yeah, you just see another comfortable armchair uh, near to that fireplace that's made of large gray stones in that room. Uh, You see the back door which was the door you were going to open before the sheriff came by that day. There is some sign that somebody has been there, but like you see a thick wool blanket that seems a little out of place. It's just tossed on the floor by the si- uh, by the fireplace, and there's an empty can of Campbell's pork and beans like by the blanket mm. with a dirty tin spoon that's sticking out of the can. All right, and then I'll head over there and I'll... Uh... Uh, Mr. Call, or Dr. Call, can I have one of your uh, your electric torches and then start heading down the stairs? Do you have control of Dr. Call's token, John? Okay. All right. You guys can give me another listen roll. Actually, everybody in that front room can give me another listen roll. Yeah. So, Glover, you here and Dr. Andrews, you both hear a, like a thump, a slight clatter. That sounds like it's coming from underneath you guys. Yeah, I hear it. A raccoon. I'll give him a look. (laughs) Uh, What are you doing, Monroe? Are you continuing to move about in search? Um, Yeah, I'm going to continue searching the living room. Uh, Especially after Andrews points out the circle, I'm going to continue to look and see if there are any other signs of their past uh, endeavors. Okay. All right. Detective Glover... You may proceed. So yeah, I'll uh, shine this torch down the stairs and then raise my gun along with it and start heading down. Yeah, so you have a little door that's kind of at the bottom of that narrow stairwell that uh, closes Mm -hmm. the basement off from the upper levels that is closed at the moment. All right, I'll uh, reach out my hand and open it. All right, so you don't see or hear anything when you open it, but you shine that light that you have. Let me put you in the room there. So yeah, you just see like, the only light that comes down here is what's filtering through cracks in the floorboards from the room above and then what, you're holding a lantern I presume, or did you go for flashlights? What do you guys prefer? John said electric torches, so Yeah, electric torches. Alright. Yeah, flashlight. So yeah, this cellar is like small low ceiling, mostly it's a hard packed earth floor. It's cooler down here and mostly smells of dirt rather than the unwashed body smell. Uh, There's some furniture intact and then other broken bits here and there. You see cans and boxes that line the shelves. Look like it was old preservatives and what have you. But yeah, that's... uh, uh, You can give me a luck roll as you're looking around at the bottom of those stairs. You want one from Call as well? Sure. Mm. We are the same lucky. So yeah, you can see that like hanging on a peg... Down there at the bottom of the stairs is a lantern that seems to be in good working order. Just something you can note for later. Mm. All right, Just so when we're ready to exit so we can burn this place uh, down. Yeah. So I'll just kind of, uh, I don't know quite what police training would be like, but I'll kind of do whatever my 
police skill level is for clearing this room, making sure there's no one hiding type of thing. Right. You know, like real quick look around, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you're trying to be as careful as you can. And so you can give me a spot hidden roll. All right. And you can move to where you would like to move as you're clearing it. All right. So I figure this area is kind of taken care of when we come down the stairs. So I'll head over this way, check behind the stairs and whatnot. Yeah, so you see a trunk there that's kind of catching your eye. It's intact. Uh, it does look old, but it just being a trunk there kind of makes you think there could be something worthwhile in it. But uh, while you're looking at that, your peripheral picks up what was just an unidentified shape, actually is a person that was hiding on the uh, underneath the stairwell, right? Okay. Let me put him up here. So, yeah, you pick him out to be a vagrant, and uh, he was hiding there. And when he notices you, noticing him, he was getting ready to lunge at you with an old table leg, and he tries to do that now, right? So he lunges at you with this table leg, and he's hollering. He's like, ah, ah, and he comes at this you. This is why you shoot him on sight. <laughs> so what's your, uh, um, what's your, hold on a sec, what's your uh, dexterity? 40. Okay, so he does have to jump on you, so he'll get to try to hit you with this table leg, but you will be able to dodge or or fight back normally. Man, every character I ever play forgets about <laughs> dodge or brawl. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like you got a hard success. Uh, actually, oh, let me ta- let me take it off the whisper so you guys can see it. I'll re-roll it. Oh, we'll change that to a failure. <laughs> All right. Do you still want me to brawl? Uh, if you want to, it's up to you. He's doing an overhand swing with just looks like a table leg, you know, trying to bring it down on your your head. He, In that moment, you can see he's just really, like, frightened and maybe trying to clear the way. But uh, mm. So the swing isn't too great. You can fight back if you want. With a regular success, you would be able to, you know, do something to him that, that you want to. It depends on you. Or you can just... I just want to get out of the way. <laughs> Okay, so just check, make sure you don't fumble. Okay, see if this works. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, so you dodge back, and his table leg clunks off the earthen floor, and uh, Dr. Call, what are, or actually it's your turn, Detective Glover. You can respond. Okay, I'll raise the gun and, you know, drop it. (laughs) Put your hands up, (laughs) or I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) Okay, go ahead and throw out a we'll do a hard intimidate on that uh nope just regular so what you're seeing is you like use your cop voice gave a clear strong command but his eyes are just rolling around like you're not dealing with a full deck here kind of was that my turn or can i shoot him <laughs> no you can you can shoot him if you want to man i'm really it looks like you're, we know how you're that a killer investigation is gonna go yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll i'll shoot at him if I hit him, I hit him. Okay. But uh, you can't deal with you can't negotiate with crazy. Yeah, you have a uh, let me a bonus die for the point blank range. All right. So that becomes two dice, right? Yes. Well, here's our human sacrifice. <laughs> Come on, we're dealing with a gin. He doesn't want vagrant blood. Oh, he nice clean lamb like blood it so far. Well, you you just winged him there. You dealt three damage to him. Clips him on his on his right arm. Or you can roll a hit location. Let's do it that way. Oh, yeah. I uh, guess we got that. Right foot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Okay. And drag him up here so we can slit his throat. <laughs> Put him down proper. Okay, Lance, so you hear the explosive roar, or you I guess it'd be muffled from where you're at, of a gunshot going off. Still pretty loud. You kind of jolt for a moment. What do you do? I'll pull my shotgun up and be prepared for something to come at me. Okay. But nothing for the first round other than that. All right, so we're at the start of a new round, so anybody that has a gun and is going to fire first thing gets a bonus to their dex order. So, yeah, Dr. Kalk uh, scrambles down a little bit and looks uh, around the room after he hears that shot trying to look for a target. He doesn't... He sees you, but obviously his shotgun's not going to do any any good for him. But actually, Glover, you're the first act in this round since you planned to fire. All right. Yeah, his... uh. Does his eyes look like they're uh, focusing? Uh, panicking, yeah. Uh, not not Man. becoming more alert, no. Yeah, we'll just gun him down. <laughs> was it? Um, and that's acting I... like a cop that's on double suspension for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> um, so if I shoot twice, do I just lose the bonus? Yeah, so it'll just be a regular right, roll. Let's, yeah, uh, do I roll twice or just once? Yeah, roll twice. All right. So first one, miss. Second one, hit. Oh. Yeah, nice 12 damage. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the left leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you just, you know, I guess the way that played out is you had your, your gun sort of pointing down, but you started firing when you're coming up. You hit him in the foot, then in the leg. One missed, but that leg shot he reacts to, but he's still conscious. He just drops though. And he clutches at his leg. And then you see like a lot of blood in a short amount of time, mm. just darken the earthen floor underneath him. Dr. Edward calls <sighs> like, uh, did you kill him? And, nah, and he's swinging, he's that, bleeding out. <laughs> he's swinging that shotgun around wildly. Bring him upstairs <laughs> for the sacrifice. <laughs> he's bleeding out. Dr. Call, if you want to have a look at him, I'll go up and I'll kick away the, uh, the weapon. Okay. Yeah, his table leg. All right, Detective Glover, you've just kicked his table leg away. It goes skittering across the earthen floor. And what were you going to do, Dr. Cole? I was going to try and stop the bleeding. All right. Go ahead and roll your medicine roll for the first time. <laughs> Does he <laughs> <Okay>. have <laughs> a sudden inset of a horrific panic that he could screw this up completely? <laughs> Has succeeded this time. Let me push it to see if I can succeed again. <laughs> All right. So you know the best you have going on here is really like a delaying action, right? Like if you don't get them to facilities where they can actually clamp up that that artery, then you're not going to be able to keep them alive for very much longer. But you can see he's, you know, maybe 30 seconds away from going into a state of shock from the, uh, the blood loss. But yeah, that's where you're at. Uh, uh, Detective Glover, I don't think this gentleman will make it without immediate medical care, and there is none in this area. Then it looks like he isn't going to make it. I, I suppose you're right, and I'll stand up and <laughs> wipe the right. uh, wipe the blood off my hands. What do you want me to do, Doctor Call? Like you said, there's no medical facilities within range, and uh, he just doesn't have the time. Probably should have started off by making a decent decision, not attacking with a table leg. Well, 
I just look at him. It doesn't look like he's made a decent decision in quite a while. <laughs> no, Travis. <laughs> you, you gotta let me out of here. It's gonna get me. You gotta let me out of here. Oh, I, I think you won't be going anywhere anytime soon, friend. Yeah. So, Doctor Call, Where you see the. Uh, you see the change come over his face of uh, him entering a state of shock, and he just kind of starts like grumbling to himself uh, in an inarticulate way. But what did the upstairs people want to do during that time? So there's a moment of quiet after the shot, and then you hear the muffled voices of people talking from the cellar. So uh, what did you want to do, Dr. Andrews? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ready or not. <laughs> Yeah, everything's all right, Dr. Andrews. Come on down. I'll shoot back. <laughs> he, sh he should have made better decisions. <laughs> okay. So, Monroe, you hear an ex weird. exchange of gunfire. <laughs> well, time to get out of here. Gin someone else's problem. Are you, are you going to shoot your shotgun at the cellar steps and then run out of the... Uh, no, but I am actually going to swing my shotgun around a point outside with Dr. Andrews heading downstairs. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you point it outside. You see the lamb posted up there, and it, it bah, at you. Canute is the lamb's name. You gave it against And the... it swings its shotgun <laughs> to the window. <laughs> Make better decisions, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't that land doesn't get to judge me it does if it's holding a shotgun <laughs> true all right so you're on guard at the front door there but there's nothing from the exterior that you see uh including no movement in the trees okay yeah i was gonna mention that so yeah we'll bring it uh back around to glover this fellow's definitely in a bad way usually when people are this injured and their bodies die and you don't get anything else out of them so yeah. what's your move from that point I, just in case i'll kind of kneel down and i'll show buddy you got a name any family i can contact uh, they call me red they call me red they call me red all right red don't worry help will be here so we'll be here soon you're gonna put your 1911 under the shelf of his chin and mercy kill him <laughs> no <Okay>. jesus <laughs> I'll put it to his other. I'll put it to his, uh, other, his other leg. <laughs> oh man! Okay. Should have made better decisions. <laughs> Should have made better decisions, Red. <laughs> All right, uh, Doctor Call. You. He's given his name as Red, but you know he has he has minutes, perhaps now, once he goes unconscious, which should be just moments away. Well, I figure I've done all that I can for him in this uh, this type of a facility. So, Well, you can make him comfortable. You are Dr. Andrews, if you wish. Oh, yeah. What do you want? Do uh, you want an occult roll to see if I know some spell? <laughs> it's called opium. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, Dr. Andrews might be able to put him in a That's form only for of people stasis. who can pay for it. A form of stasis. <laughs> Give him this much cocaine, yeah, this much opium. No, Dr. Andrews can use his weird hand special ability to freeze him in time. There you, you go. To put him I made him as too. comfortable as possible. Yeah, so you can give him a dose that will just quiet him, or you can give him a dose that will uh, kill him. 
you probably wouldn't do that given your I'm not a murderer. Your oaths. So yeah, he just he just uh gets a silly expression on his face and then his eyes are half lidded for a little while when and then they close all the way, but he's still breathing, which leaves all of you in the now quiet of the house. And uh, I think three of you are in the cellar now. You came down those steps, Dr. Andrews? Yeah, so most of what's down here is, like, obviously on shelves and whatnot. So uh, you had a pair of chairs against the wall. Some of them were, or one of them was broken up. Um, You had a table with a missing leg resting outside. You had shelves on the wall, cans and boxes on the shelves. Looks like old foodstuffs in them. There's tins of tea, a silver tea set. It's tarnished, though. You Just the way it's tarnished, you can tell it's silver. You got cast iron pots and pans, a set of tableware. Uh, on the lower shelf, you see the amber liquid of liquor in a row of bottles. There's like six bottles there, probably still good for drinking. And then there's an old about eight-foot ladder and a pile of lumber. And it's near that pile of lumber that there's a, a tarp and a trunk. Jesus, Dr. Andrews, you just have a heart of, gold, uh, heart of stone, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's... And he should have made better decisions. <laughs> also, antagonist dead, closed container, <laughs> 20 years of D&D. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and uh, give another roll, the medicine. Yeah, you guys just don't have the appropriate supplies to treat him here and... That Dr. Call's actions was just a delaying it, uh, uh, will delay the inevitable. So you don't even think if you got him in the car now and, and started heading to wherever the nearest hospital is, he would make it. Okay, Lance, you hear the continued discussion from the cellar, and you're scanning across the outside of the house, but still you don't see anything. Okay. If, if Andrews hasn't come back up, then I'll go to the top of the stairs and call down. Is everything okay? Yeah, Monroe. Everything's fine. Just a hobo. <laughs> a dead one? He's getting there. He will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at his request, I'll head down. Okay. Yeah, so it's a pretty big trunk. Just a wooden, steel-banded trunk. You would, looking at it with your the eye of an archaeologist, you would Say it's just a trunk that was common from the nineteenth or yeah nineteenth century, and that's one of those here now. Doesn't appear. So were we able to get it open? Oh yeah, you can if you'd like. Inside are robes, mostly is what you see. All told, there's six of them, and they're the kind of robes one might buy if they were getting into occult matters and they found a likely ceremony, and they thought, let's try it. Let's get this robe. The kind of robe you might pick up at Lamar's shop okay. with a deep um, cowl and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And there's also a cigar box at the bottom in one corner. So I'll kind of, you know, move the robes to the side, although in my mind I'll be thinking they might be good for an exhibit. But also it, it's kind of dawning on them that from the description of what uh, Meriwether had said, they had to flee the house pretty quickly, so... It's kind of unlikely that they stopped to fold their robes and put them away. So I doubt that these were part of their ceremony. But I'll uh, yeah, check that cigar box at the bottom. Yeah, so it's a brand. The date on it's from the 1870s. And inside is a smaller wooden box with the sliding lid. 
Okay. And yeah, has... that's not suspicious, but I'll open it. <laughs> it has a silvery talcum like powder in it that defies your ability to identify it. Well, you could give me a Cthulhu Mythos roll. All right. Yeah. Let's give this a shot. Every horrifying entity I come across gives me a greater chance of these succeeding. Oh. Oh, almost. It's pretty damn close, though. Yeah. I'm tempted to spend the luck, but no. 17 is too much. Well, you can pass it around to somebody else and maybe they could identify it, but you don't know what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass it over to uh, Dr. Colin, Dr. Andrews, see if they recognize it. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what that is. How do you have a zero? Yeah. Actually, I think he's got a five. I just forgot to update it. Yeah, I still don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to... Oh, maybe if we rub it in the wounds of that gunshot. <laughs> maybe pass it off to uh, the detective, see if he uh, recognizes it as... I, I have no clue what it is, so whether it's some sort of a drug or something like that, maybe he knows. don't really think drug enforcement's a concern in this era. Yeah, this is probably for like... Uh, like jock itch or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So when Dr. Andrews passes it over to Detective Glover, you know, like, what do you make of that? You, you know, you just you just have one of those moments where your fingers fumble it up. Give me a dex roll, Jack Glover. See if you can catch it before it tumbles to All the right. ground. Sorry, you fumbled that roll technically, Dr. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> Failure. Yeah, so the, the inner sliding part, uh, when it tumbles to the ground, it, it comes apart in two parts, and this powder goes, like, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Quickly, <laughs> make, make mystical signs. Unless you yeah. Okay. All right, so yeah, it's just whatever it is, it's now on the earthen floor of the cellar. But that is the complete list of what was in the trunk, as far as you can see. Just make mystical signs in the dirt where it landed, and it'll be complete. <laughs> You're on a list now, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, ah, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> His dying eyes judge me now. Whatever, I still got the attic to go check here, gentlemen. You can, still got, got bums to shoot. Still got hobos to shoot in the attic. <laughs> I'll, I'll accompany you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look around the basement as well while I'm down here. Uh, there's nothing else to spot hidden down here. You've got all all of it that you can see. There's nothing else to find. Wait, why is the lamb not <laughs> shooting? Ah, misclicked. It's going to fire um, now. Better. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, after not finding anything downstairs, I'm going to go upstairs and continue looking around that first level, see if I can find any other remnants of their past uh, ritual. Yeah, there's a barn that's in a bad way, uh, partially collapsed. There's a outhouse, and that's it. I, I thought we looked in the, the barn. Shed, or yeah. barn, something like that, but uh, everything else remained. Oh, we did look at Bunch at the well. But yeah. yeah, everything else was unsearched. Everybody looks in the whale. They're not really seems fitting. They're not really part of the ritual, but if you feel like you want to, but we could make them part of the ritual. <laughs> you mean you 
You don't want to bathe in it? What's wrong with you? I wish I had one of those before attending uh, to that hobo. Um, would I need to take one of the ladders from the basement to get to the attic? Uh, if you're size 90, you can reach up and touch it. But I think you're just... Uh, so you, if you hopped up, you could brush that trap door with your fingertips. So you will need something to stand mm. on. All right. Worst comes to worst, I guess we got chairs. I don't know if I want to risk standing on them, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's a chair, there's also the ladder from the basement, uh, there's tables, there's that desk in the second room by the window, which you see had like a bindle on it, like a, that a homeless person would carry on them, the old, on a stick over the mm -hmm. shoulder type thing, so you could drag All anything right. you wanted over there. I'll just go for a chair. All right, going for the attic. Hurry up with whatever it is you're doing. I want to be out of this place. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Andrews. You said you were going to go outside and look around some more? Okay. So, yeah, since you guys are trying to find the markings of this, of their old ritual, the main thing is you find the pentagram, although you can't really identify it as the one in the book. It's too smudged. It looks like they used, you know, like charcoal or something to draw it on the ground, and over time that's just worn, worn away. But you also are looking for more of these wards, like the lesser wards. And you don't see any on the interior, but when you guys look at the exterior, all of the windows around the salt box house have that ward carved above them as well, as, as well as the back door. Hmm. That seems to be what everything's pointing to. Yeah, let me share something with you. I kind of put this together, just put all your, everything you had found. Okay, you should have... Investigator's Guide to Binding a Gin. And this is just all the various research over the sessions that we had found to kind of get a step-by-step -step for the ritual. So we had in the beginning to draw the pentagram on the floor to do the wards against the spirits carved around the area. Prior to coming in here, you didn't really know which ones those were, but you have that answer now. Assuming they worked for Merriweather and his band, and then to wait for the appointed hour, which was midnight. And then the ritual, including that burning that incense that you guys made, uh, beginning the chant, you still haven't determined which one you would use there, and then to do your sacrifice. And then there's a few things for what to expect there, but you guys can read that over. So yeah, you're looking at these wards. A lot of them are, are faded, or the carvings are faded, or like they've been damaged and weathered away. So you're not sure, Monroe and Dr. Andrews, if these need to be like intact for them to work again. You don't even know how they ward against unseen spirits, but uh, many of them are not the intact symbol that you were used to seeing that uh, Mr. Monroe had written on a piece of paper. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to do like I did with the one over the front door and try and you know make sure that they're whole again. Yeah. Everywhere I can see them and find them. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you see, you think that... Could be. Should we try and scoop some of it back up? <laughs> okay. <what? laughs> go yes. Back into the basement. And I'll uh, go down and spend the next uh, few hours shining the light around at various angles, and anything that shines like that dust, I will try to pick up with uh, some like tweezers. And put it all back into the box. Okay, let's do... Just give me a dex roll and I'll figure about how well you did that based off of that. I'm very dexterous. He is. Hard success. Nice. 
Well done. But yeah, you you have a kind of attention to such a mundane task that people might admire if they saw it. They're like, how can he be so absorbed in separating grains of dirt from this talcum powder? But you do it very carefully, and you're just quietly working in the way at, uh, at it while you hear you know them banging around upstairs. Okay, so anyhow, back to Jack Glover. You're using one of the tables to get up to the attic? Chair. Chair. Yeah. Something just enough to give me a little bit of boost. Yeah, to poke. So it, it's like one of those ones where you push it. You can push it up trapdoor, right? Mm. So, uh, so yeah, you can see when you push it up where it's the attic part of the house. So you see a bunch of stuff stored in there, and you're looking around. But go ahead and give me a dodge roll. Oh, no. Probably. Uh, hopefully. Critical success. Oh, nice. <laughs> That is very lucky. My wife, she's all the time having me <laughs> get stuff from higher shelves, so you develop a sixth sense. All right, so there's nothing visible up there, but there's all this stuff, you know, that you can see that birds have made, have been in here, you know, so there's twigs and things, but you just see some of these twigs and leaves. You see like a little whirlwind, and there's some very low-level bass sound that you can't really describe as a sound you just feel it in your chest and this whirlwind is like moving at you and with the reflexes honed by the streets of boston you just throw yourself back as quick as you can and that means you avoid this invisible attack that was coming at you however you do take 1d3 points of damage from falling to the floor oh no it's a critical yeah <laughs> ouch what <laughs> it's a placeholder name for it right now. Um, yeah, so, and then the slam, or and then the trap door slams shut. You know, you get the wind knocked out of you, but nothing nothing permanent occurs. What do you do, Jack? Yeah, I'll, you know, uh, have my gun out again, and I'll be pointing it at the attic in case anything tries to come out of there. Well, there's something up there. <laughs> Couldn't see it. <laughs> Don't know what it was. I don't believe so. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll kind of... <laughs> Mr. Monroe, you heard the, the clatter of mm -hmm. Jack Glover throwing himself to the floor there to avoid whatever it was. Uh, but you feel that sound, that bass note. It like seems to move over your head as you're out there trying to recarve one of the symbols on the window there on the east side of the building. And you feel some identity like unidentifiable presence, like you're being watched move over your head. And as you cast your eyes in the direction you think whatever it was traveling in, you see the tops of those trees sort of part momentarily before they swing back into place. Okay. But it looked like it was moving away? Yes. Okay. So I'll continue my work, but like be nervously glancing in that direction and... You know, every couple of seconds turning to look at any trees nearby or anything that might give away its passage. All right. Dr. Andrews, you saw Jack as you were inside there. You saw him uh, take a fall. He is a little bit. This kind of works like Shadowrun in the, in the way where, like, injuries are treated treatable once, right? So anytime somebody takes a new one, you can apply first aid or medicine. In this case, it's first aid if you wanted to. So you can get over there and look him over and give it a first aid rule. Yeah, I'll let him fuss over me. I'll keep an eye on that attic door, though. Oh, doctor. <laughs> Untreatable. 
going to have to amputate? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty hardy person. So with just your regular failure, you don't see anything that's going to be a lasting injury. It would just be the bruise from the fall. So if you want to push, you can, you know, maybe risk something that's on the verge of being more serious, you know, doing more damage. But Jack might have something to say about that, too, if you're getting too much in his personal space there and he doesn't really feel that bad, you know. Busting out the razor to start cutting. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Doc, thank you. <laughs> Whatever it is, though, that we need to do here, I think we need to start uh, preparing. And I'll look up again at the... Uh, the ceiling overhead where the addict is. But doesn't uh, Monroe have some weird gobbledygook runes or something? I remember him talking about it. Okay. So yeah, it is a time-consuming process to get all these wards in place. As I said, there are all the windows and the entryways into this place that appear to be warded. That's everything that you found. Or you guys just want to recarve all those back into place? Yeah. You can go look at it. Yeah, so when you look at that one, you do see the telltale signs of that there was a ward put on the trap door, but it has been weathered away, so it's not a complete ward anymore. When he does come out to check on me, though, I will mention that I had seen something flying away from the house, or some sort of invisible entity that moved the trees as it flew east away from the house. It may have been the same thing that I saw. Yeah. Ask Dr. Call uh, to come out here and help. Uh, the more people we have working on this, the, the faster we can get the house sealed up. Yeah, it's over on the western wall. There are none mm -hmm. that you can see, but that doesn't necessarily mean there wasn't one because the gray it's gray stone, right? So uh, if they were just doing carvings, they wouldn't have been able to do that on a stone without doing more, like using a chisel. So they might have painted one on there or chalked one on there, and it's you know, it's been, what, uh, almost 50 years or 40 years. So it's long gone by now. All right. So here's the, or go ahead. Where you want to say something, Glover? Oh, I was just going to say that I'll continue cleaning up, making this room, like moving the furniture out of it and whatnot. That's where we're going to do the ritual, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where they All did right. it in the yeah. past. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll continue where Andrew's left off and, uh, move furniture out of the way and whatnot. <laughs> All right, so here's the final scene. You have what looks like people doing a renovation at a distance, but what in actuality they're doing is they're or carving protective wards around this house to keep unseen forces from assailing them. And they're cleaning it up like you might do in a renovation too to make space for a pentagram. And the last shot, is Mr. Monroe carving the final ward on the exterior, along with Dr. Call, with the lamb, you know, in the background. When you hear in the far distance to the west, a gunshot. One, and then a pause, and then one, two, three gunshots. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks for playing, guys. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So though. It sounds like Whitmire's on his way, guys. <laughs> Good. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties uh, on that. Yeah, I really have a tough... This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.